All right, welcome to Halfway There. I'm your host, Eric Nevins, and this is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. And I've got an interesting one for you today. Uh, my guest is a personal trainer, and uh, he has a very... Uh, what's the word? Um, he has a... I wish I would have thought of this about this before. Um <laughs> Dramatic, um, yeah, a, a, an experience that goes outside of most experiences. I was gonna say dramatic, but uh, yeah, dramatic. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to offend you, but anyway. No way. Nothing. There's nothing offensive. Here. All right. Well, it is a dramatic story, and <laughs> he's gonna share that with us today. So, uh, with me is Rob Decker. Hi, Rob. Welcome to Halfway There. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah. Hey. So, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are now, and then we'll go back and. Um, explore how God has worked in your life. Absolutely. Uh, well, Rob Decker, I'm actually a personal trainer in Southern California. Uh, I'm a, a husband of, I think we're going on four years now. I've been with my lovely wife for about six. We we met at the gym. I was a personal trainer and she was a sales rep and uh, we hit it off really well. And very quickly, we went from boyfriend to girlfriend or boyfriend to girlfriend to becoming engaged to getting married within a couple years. We married on March 16th. So 316, we wanted to honor the Lord in our marriage. So um, John 316 was one of our favorite verses, you know? Um, So uh, we got married there. We then, and then we were baptized together the night before. Now I'd already been baptized one time before, uh, my wife was a little bit newer to the faith, but it's something that we wanted to do in union with each other. And then we took communion at our wedding the very next day. Uh, we have a beautiful baby boy named Caleb. Once again, we wanted to honor the Lord by giving him such a, a powerful name. You know, Caleb was one of the two from the original tribe, along with Joshua, who made it to the promised land. So uh, we try to really include God and and all that we do in our in our daily lives, and especially with our family, uh, we do believe in the power of marriage and the union between us and God, and we do our best to honor that and always include Him in all that. Um, other than that, you know, I'm I play sports. I'm very active. I'm a an athlete. Um, I just recently started doing podcasts and radio shows to share my story after about ten years uh, breaking my back and after that whole event and, and just trying to use the story to, you know, shake up the believer or the non-believer to kind of get them to look in a new direction or to, to, to receive some new hope with, you know, God's love in my story. So um, that's kind of who I am in the direction I'm going right now. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm sure you're going to get to that story. We'll, we'll share that. It's yes. an integral part of your relationship with the Lord. And so that's, uh, yes. We'll, we'll get there. I want to go back and tell us a little bit. Um, I know it's part of how you came to the Lord. Take us take us back to your life before you um, came to the Lord. Well, um, it's really interesting because I, like, I've always believed that God was always a part of my life on some level. I remember one of my first instances or, or remembrances of having God in my life is when I was in kindergarten, I came home and there was a, a certificate of graduation and it had my, it had my, my full name on it, Robert Yancey. And it uh, turns out Yancey wasn't my real last name. My, my uh, grandmother uh, 
you know, said that I was not one of them and made my father, who turns out to be my stepfather, not my biological father, which is what I found out that day, and had me change it to my um, my mom's maiden name. Uh, I remember walking away from that situation or from um, that event and, and just thinking to myself, it's okay. I know that God is my father. I don't know where that thought came from because God wasn't something that was talked about in my house, but for whatever reason. So I really believed he was with me for a really long time. And uh, he knew that I was going to come to him at some point. Yeah. Um, where I really gave my life to God was um, when I was 29, I was getting into, I was heavily into drugs and alcohol and uh, horrible relationships and stealing and selling drugs. And I was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And I just got out of this chaotic relationship. And uh, one of my buddies who I had worked with had asked me if I wanted to come to a men's Bible study with him and uh, asked if I wanted to be saved or, you know, get to know the Lord. And I think at that point in my life, because of all the chaos and destruction that was going on, you know, I really had nothing else going on. I was like, hey, man, you know, maybe this God thing is legit. Let me give it a shot. So I sat in this room with uh, about 10 or 12 other guys and they prayed over me and and I accepted the Lord into my life. And even that that prayer of accepting him was very unique because I was in an air conditioned room and these guys are praying for me and I'm shaking, you know, for no real reason. Like uh, it was just an, an interesting uh, experience that I remember. Mm-hmm. And I was sweating. I was sweating as well, you know, and, and I was in an air conditioned room. So it was a very unique experience. So it became really real to me because there was these physical things happening to my body that I couldn't really explain. I mean, I wasn't anxious about accepting the Lord or anything uh, like that, you know, but, um, but that was kind of like the experience I had with the Lord. So my walk started then going to Bible studies and going to church and creating a fellowship of brothers. And then um, shortly after that, it fell off. And then um, the big event occurred. And after that event, I really had to press a little bit deeper and really develop a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So would you say between that time, you know, when you gave your life to Christ and I'll, uh, hold on, I want to ask you about this. Let me go back. Hold on. Yeah, for sure. So you were having these physical kind of symptoms. What, what did you attribute that to? You... Well, it was something supernatural going on um, because I couldn't explain it. There was no explanation for me to be sweating, right? I was in an air conditioned room. Um, you know, to me, that's the power of the Holy Spirit, right? You know, something's going on. Um, and, and the shaking, it was just like, it was almost like the removal of something, right? Like mm. there was something so supernatural going on with me that I had no control. Cause I'm telling you, my thoughts weren't anything to where my heart would heart rate would be elevated or that I would be shaking. It just, it's just, there was nothing to trigger that outside of these men of Christ praying over me. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard a story quite like that, so that's just caught my interest. Um, okay, and then... Oh, get ready for some more stories that you, you haven't heard. Oh, I like, like that. that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so you ended up... Okay, so then you were doing some Bible studies, right. and you said that your you know relationship fell off. What did that look like? Well, you know what happened was is after... 
you know, I broke up with this young lady and, and I started going to church and, and Bible study and stuff like that. She made her way back into my life or allowed her back into my life. And that's where everything kind of fell off, you know, because, you know, there was some kind of stronghold um, to that relationship. And, um, you know, I went running back to that relationship. And that's where, you know, I, I turned my back on it's crazy because I knew I shouldn't have been running back to that relationship. Not to say that I completely gave up on God um, because I would talk to her about God um, because it was all new and fresh for me. Um, it's just that I got pulled toward the darkness and, and, and stepped away from the light for sure. I just, I'm curious, what was attractive about that to you? Um, you know, I, with the relationship. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just think that, um, I, that's tough. You know, it's, it's, I've always tried to really, I think I was just comfortable with that type of lifestyle and with those type of relationships. They, they made sense to me. Um, I kind of, I wouldn't say enjoyed, I was just kind of familiar with the process of, of being with something so unstable because I think the instability provided, um, some type of stability for me. Um, mm. just like they, they I, I felt comfortable in the chaos, you know, and I, and a lot of that's contributed to, um, the, the road that I was taking throughout my teens and my twenties when it came to dating and the, the need for things that were a lot crazier because you need that kind of stimulation. Well, I needed that kind of stimulation and, you know, too, you know, growing up in my household, you know, things weren't normal unless things were chaotic, you know, or, or, yeah. or there wasn't some kind of fighting and arguing and, and, you know, the, I hate you, I love you type of mentality, you know? And, and, uh, I think that's what drew me toward that because there was a lot of that, um, that I was pretty much accustomed to, right. Or conditioned to. Right. So I think that, that, that was the big draw. Yeah. Well, I, I, that makes sense to me. There's a, there's a way that we kind of, if, if there's only a certain thing that we've known, we can be drawn mm-hmm. into that. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. Okay. It sounds like you had a sense that Jesus wanted to deliver you from that eventually. Oh, for sure. And which, you know, you know, we talk now and, and of course he did. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, okay. So you, so you said after that, the event happened. So tell us that story. All right. I hope everyone's sitting down for this one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you're sitting down, Eric. Um, So ultimately what happened was, is that this young lady that I was dating, she went into escorting. Um, We had broken up bad terms. She got led into escorting to make extra money while she was doing all this. um, I had found out through a friend what she was doing. I got back into a relationship with her because I had God now, right? is when I started going to Bible study and all that stuff. And, and I needed to make an impact in her life and, and pull her out of that wretched scheme. Right. And so, um, as she was dropping off clients, getting rid of her, her clients, she had this one last client and that one last client, they had a trip to Hawaii. And while she was over there, she had, um, sent me messages and we had talked on the phone about, uh, the physical abuse, um, how he forced himself on her. Um, and, and she had sent me a picture of a black eye that, that she had got. So, you know, my thing was like, when she got back here, I was going to kind of take care of her, but 
within those phone conversations, she apologized a lot to me about the things that had transpired previously in our relationship. And so that she was going to do what she needed to do to make it better. So my buddy is my buddy and buddies and I uh, were partying pretty heavily uh, on Memorial Day weekend. So I was still drinking and stuff, even though I had turned over to God. Mm-hmm. I was still dealing with that drugs and alcohol like it was still part of my life. And my buddies and I had been partying and she had come back from Hawaii and she picked me up. We headed to the liquor store, picked up some alcohol, went back to her place and when we were at her place, we got into a conversation which was supposed to lead into intimacy, uh, which was something that I couldn't do. I, I mean, with what had happened to her over there and plus the stuff that had been going on in our relationship, it was, and you know, and, and then the partying and stuff, like I was just in a completely different place. And, and I believe, you know, I was a little conflicted because there was the God element of it too. You know, you're just being torn every which way spiritually. Sure. And and um, so I was a bit of a hot mess, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, I head downstairs, sleep it off, you know, and, and then all of a sudden I hear this long, this loud banging at the door was well, the police department. And they're saying, hey, we know you're in there. Come out. And she comes downstairs and I asked her what had happened. And she looked at me and she said, well, I called the cops and I told the police that you had raped me and that you tried to kill me. And, uh, yeah. Um, and in that moment, like, yeah, go ahead for you. This is coming out of nowhere. This is coming out of left field, right? Like this is just, this is, I mean, you're just so, Oh, in that moment, I'm just so overwhelmed with like, when they say your, your life, your life flashes before you, like just the, 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 the images that were created in my head in that moment, I was just like, I, I I can't do this. Like, this is not something I can do. Like, I can't even go on with this, this life. Like, there's just no way I'm not going to prison for something like this. You know, I'm not like this. How did it even come to this? Right? Like, how did it even come to a mm. place where I got accused of these types of like, not to say that I was a saint by any means, by no stretch of the imagination was I a perfect guy, but not something I would ever do. It's just not something I'd ever do. And, and, and I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. I was betrayed. I was confused. And in that moment, I said, you know what? It's over. I'm done. I just can't do this. And I was okay with it. Like my, you know, when I was young, I was always told that I was going to die young. It was just something that was pressing to me. And I think you carry that through life. And, yeah. and, and with that, yeah, right. And with that, you know, you're drinking, you're doing drugs, like you're committing slow suicide regardless, you know, and, and, you know, even though my relationship with the Lord was fresh, it was, it was fresh, right? Like I still had all this other junk that needed to be, you know, um, pulled out of me and, and dealt with. And, you know, in that moment, I, this is it for me. You know, this was one week after my 29th birthday, you know, uh, thought I was going to be dead by 30 anyway. So here's, here's what I call the perfect storm of events that led to a moment that gave me the exit from this life. And I jumped headfirst. Well, I got a running start, jumped headfirst out of a closed window. Um, I was like, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, we're breaking necks today. And uh, and on the way down, I clipped my foot on an awning, landed on the ground, completely shattered my left arm, broke my right wrist, collapsed my left lung, and my uh, vertebrae in my lower back was severed in, in half. And in that moment, I lost my ability to move virtually. Um, so I didn't die, obviously I survived it. 
And I remember hitting the glass. I remember waking up with shallow breath and um, I can't even describe the pain I was in. It was intense. And the first thing I asked myself was, God, why? You know, like, why would you let me live? Why would you let me survive this? Like, hmm. I'm looking up at this big, bro- I'm looking up this broken window. And here I am on the ground, just shattered, a shattered man. I'm alive, but I'm broken. Um, you know, the only thing I really had going for me at that time is my fitness. It's the only thing. And now that's been completely stripped of me. Right. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't working. Uh, I was drinking, using, like I had been in a, 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 I was basically homeless. I was like sleeping on couches at this point as well. You know, I, I, I wasn't doing much with my life. And, uh, the only thing that I had, my body was now broken and taken from me. So, uh, that was a very hard, uh, hard experience. But a very, it was the beginning of a, a great walk with God. That's that's definitely the, uh, that was the beginning of me today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you saw this moment. And you're like, okay, your life. You're just like, okay, I'm not gonna do this. I'm going out the window. That that was a. I mean, was that something you were thinking about already? Well, like, that's yeah. A really Suicide extreme was... response. I keep hearing that. Um, <laughs> no. you, you know, <laughs> okay. I'll take the Captain Obvious uh, uh, label here. It does apply. Well, but... know, it, it's funny though. It, I mean, I mean, it's not funny, but it's like, you know, um, I think I was just kind of always that guy that did everything to the extreme anyway. So, sure. Um, you know, I was just, I, you know, I drank really hard. Like, you know, if I went out with my friends, like I was the one trying to drink more than I was the one blacking out all the time at this point. I was the one that was like, you know, doing eight balls of cocaine at my house by myself. Like I was, wow. I was that guy, you know, um, I was just doing stuff like that, that it was reckless and I knew it was reckless. And I, I, I knew that there was a death sentence attached to it. And so, um, you know, I always had in the back of my head that, you know, something like this was going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of something that I accepted. So in the moment, it didn't seem extreme. Right. It seemed like the right decision almost. It was like, well, here it is. Boom. Yeah. Done. We're doing it yeah. um, to to the rest of the world. Yes, it, it seems very extreme. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, OK, I got to ask you this question. So when did yeah. you think that that was an extreme response? Um, you know what? Um, I only think it's extreme because other people think it's extreme, extreme. Okay. In all honesty, man. Um, I just think because based on who I am, like I'm kind of like, even in my fitness now, my fitness life. And I'm just like, I'm a real hard worker. I'm a real, like, I'm the guy that's going to go the extra mile. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a fighter, you know, and, and, uh, that's just that this who I was. I, you know, I, I just, here's the thing. Like, me jumping out of the window was just, it seemed like I look back on it, it was like the thing that needed to happen. Right. So was it extreme? Like, eh, it's, it, it's what was needed almost. Right. Like yeah. that, that event had to happen in order for me to have a real relationship with God. Right. Right. So it's hard to call, you know, I, I don't look at it as extreme. Yeah. Right? It was just a necessity. Interesting. Well, I think that gives us a little window into your soul that, uh, that this is the kind of person you are, right. you, you take action. Right. Right. Interesting. Okay. Well, so let's close some of those loops. What happened with the 
police and oh, and those man. charges like that there i'm sure that was a process oh man oh but but the lord showed up big time in that process so um the next day as i have tubes coming out of my neck and you know external fixator casts um i have a back brace like i'm you know i'm stuck in this hospital bed with no movement and in a, in a truckload of medication and the police come in and they're just like you know, Mr. Decker, you're under arrest for rape and murder, million dollar bond, blah, blah. Like, man, like to add insult to injury, right? Like they're really throwing it on me. Right. Yeah. And and they did, they threw the cuffs on me. They threw the cuffs on me. I could, I didn't even have the ability to, to sit up in the hospital bed and these guys are throwing handcuffs on me. And then they put me on 24 hour police surveillance. So they had the cops there watching me 24 hours um and this happened for uh i want to say a a week or so but in that process uh this was like an amazing moment for me and and this is a story that i grip tightly to because it was just another one of those supernatural like god moments while i was laying in the bed and um if you've ever been in a hospital you know, people are coming in and out of your room. It's bright. It's noisy. The intercom's always going off. You know, you're listening to all the machines, my, my medication, you know, I have a drip. So like that makes some noise and, you know, I have a TV on there's, there's this cop that's just kind of babysitting me. Right. And, um, in this moment, all of a sudden, everything gets really quiet and, and this peaceful feeling just comes over me from the head down through the body to my toes where like, like I was numb, like I had no feeling, there was no pain. Right. And there was just this peaceful feeling. And I hear this little voice and uh, with clarity and it's crazy because, you know, with all this medication, medication jacks up your thought process and, you know, and I'm only thinking about negative stuff in the hospital. Right. Cause it's sure. all just, it's just chaos. It's brokenness. Yeah. It makes sense. And I, and I, and I hear this 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 small, still, very clear voice uh, say to me that, you know, the charges will be dropped, your bills will be paid, and you will walk again. And I I hmm. I doze off. I I don't know if I was having a vision or I, I doze off into a dream, but it was uh I was playing soccer, I was playing soccer in this this dream, and then I I, I wake up and the pain is back. It's it, um, you know, it's crazy intense. You know, the cop is there. Everything's bright again. And, uh, you know, and then I start talking to God. I start conversing with him in, in the hospital. And uh, the police show up. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me retract. So the cop who's watching me, he's reading the police report. And he looks at me. And he's like, Mr. Decker, I'm reading the police report here. What kind of guy are you? Like, and he's grilling me. He's giving it to me. Right. And, uh, and, you know, I start to break down a little bit and, and, and I start to get teary and I start, you know, I start to cry a little bit and like, I'm like, sir, you know, I've done some pretty dumb things in my life, but this is not one of those things that, that I would have even done. And, you know, the nurses are coming into my room because my heart rate monitor is starting to fly off the charts because I'm breaking down here. And, uh, the nurse comes in and asks me to calm down. And all of a sudden she walks in, she walks in and almost like a disguise, like she changed her hair. She had 
sunglasses on and and this cop who had been just giving it to me I, i'm just saying he was just he was not nice to me at all uh he wasn't trying to be compassionate whatsoever considering my my condition and uh he looks up and he's like you know for something like that 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 just had happened this doesn't make sense to me and uh after that he was a little bit nicer to me and a few days after that the police showed up and they're like mr decker we're dropping all charges and you're you're free from the county of santa clara and uh and the first the first truth that had been spoken into my ear had just passed the charges were dropped now later on they tried to get me back on those charges you know the detectives came to my house tried to get me to admit some stuff that didn't happen but um but that happened you know the 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 charges were dropped um and that was just kind of the first step in the process and then um after a couple weeks uh you know my mom was able to come to the hospital she saw me and she broke down crying like the the uh my neurosurgeon just told her that you know rob's never going to walk again and it, that didn't settle well with my mom and and uh and uh we had some nurses come in the room that day and they wanted me to stand up and uh for whatever reason i just kept thinking about christ and i was thinking about the move the, the movie passion of christ mm-hmm. and how he was he was being completely beaten and slaughtered and kicked and spit on and salted like he was being trashed and uh I thought about that. I thought about the sufferings that he took and these nurses just wanted me to stand up and I wanted to do it because my mom was there and I just kept thinking about him. I kept thinking about that. And, and the truth is, is that I had read Isaiah 53 uh, right before, you know, before I jumped out the window and the description that it gives in that prophecy, you know, you weren't able to recognize Christ. So in the movie, I was still able to recognize Jim Caviezel, mm-hmm. right? I knew that was Jim Caviezel. Right. Um, and so I'm thinking of the total wreckage that I've seen on TV on top of the reality of, of what the scriptures say. And and so I was just like, Jesus, I'm doing this. <laughs> and I got up and I squealed and I screamed and the nurses put me back down and shot me up with all this medication. And they're like, he's down for the count. And uh, shortly after that, I had a second surgery. And after that surgery... I was able to get up out of my bed and drag my left foot. So that was the beginning of me walking again. So that started to come to pass, right? That, that truth came to pass as well. Um, when it was all said and done, as far as the hospital bills and all that, I never had to pay. Um, there was about $2 million worth of hospital bills, you know, uh, the stays, the, the medication, the physical therapy, whatever it came with all that, it was roughly 200 or 2 million bucks. And, um, I never had to pay. So that was, that was something else that came to pass. And, uh, oh, what, with the vid, what happened? Go ahead. What happened? Why not? I, you know, I don't know. It, it was just like the state covered it for whatever reason. Wow. Um, I think whatever happened to me was, was, uh, covered in the state of California. Um, I, I don't know, you know, it, it's the same thing as like, I don't know exactly why the charges were dropped. Um, hmm. I don't know if it was her, I don't know if it was the police, you know, I, but you know, God intervened on some level and same with the bills. And, but these are things that he told me were going to happen. So, um, you know, and then with the vision, you know, that came a lot later too, because, you know, I got this vision of playing soccer and I don't even really care for the sport, but, um, <laughs> I, I always say any sport, I refuse to respect any sport in which it ties an acceptable outcome. 
<laughs> right? Okay there has me. to be a winner. That's there right. has to be, right? I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, but we, we also grew up with a different brand of football, right? Like that's, that's true. You know, we, we, it's, it's different for us, but you know, but I think ultimately what he was trying to show me within that, that, that vision is, you know, my wife's an app. She was a soccer. When I met her, she played soccer. She was playing co-ed soccer, crushing the boys. Like my, she was like a female stud. She was, you know, picking on the boys. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. But also what he was trying to show me was that you were going to be active. You're going to be very active. The thing that you can give soccer players credit for, yeah. you know, is, is, you know, the best ones are the guys that can run around all day on that field. Right. right. And still have the ability to juke and move and, you know, place their kicks. Like it takes a lot to, to become that good. Um, and those different arenas of fitness, you know, so, um, I respect that. And, and, and I think that's what the Lord was really trying to show me. You know, he was just like, Hey man, you're going to get there again. Or Hey son, not Hey man, but Hey son, <laughs> you're going to get there. Right. You're going to get there again. And, uh, yeah. And, and the truth is, is I'm there. I mean, I'm, I don't play soccer, but I play competitive softball and I run, I jump, I slide, I dive. I, you know, I hit the ball really far. It's like, you would never look at me and say, Hey, that guy has a truckload of titanium. He could rebuild a space shuttle with the amount of hardware in his body. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just take a, a look at my, uh, you know, my x-rays I'll send those to you, but, um, yeah, it's insane. You know? Um, so everything that the Lord has, said has come to pass and he's protected me and, and developed me into, um, who I am today. Yeah. How long ago was that, Rob? 10 years. So, okay. Yeah. So 10 years ago. So on my 10 year anniversary is when I reached out to CBM because we had just had my son, Caleb. And I'm like, man, life is good. I have the dream job. I don't take medication. I work out all the time. I have a beautiful wife. Like life is just good. I need to share with CBN. Like, Hey, look at, the gutter that God pulled me out of because look at where I'm at now. And this is only the beginning. You know, I believe this is only the be- beginning. He has much greater things in this life for me. And, uh, and yeah, so I reached out to CBN on my 10 year anniversary and shared my story. They came out, they interviewed me, they, you know, they put together an amazing video. And then there was an article that was written about me and, and, and my story in, uh, in our community in, in Southern California. And those things started to happen. And, um, yeah, I've been able to share this story with many people and 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 share God's love with them. Yeah, which is so great, and I appreciate you doing that here. Uh, I will yeah. put a link to that video or embed it in the show notes for everybody to see at halfwaytherepodcast.com. You'll see Rob's show notes page right there. And uh, while you're there, you can sign up to get notified of new episodes. So go ahead and do that. Well, that's awesome. What, so what has God been doing with you in the last 10 years? What's God done with me in the last 10 yeah. years? He's I mean, I guess you, my, you you told me all about your family and, and, and all yeah. of that. I'm curious, you know, more personally, um, tell me how you've grown. Well, you know, um, God has given me a life that I couldn't even imagine for myself. He's helped remove these insecurities and these doubts in myself that were kind of bred into me. Um, you know, he he's a redeemer. Like he gives it all back, you know, he, he'll give you your, your youth back. Like my youth was basically, you know, drugs and alcohol partying, like, and you know, so many internal issues that I had that I never dealt with and so many questions and he's given me clarity. He's given me peace. He's given me joy. He's given me the fruits of the spirit, right? Like he's given me all these wonderful gifts, these heavenly gifts um, over the last 10 years. And he's really weeded a lot of garbage out of me. And um, 
there's still a lot more trust me like it's <laughs> a pretty big, sure. deep abyss of trash but you know but it's into the day of completion you know like he will constantly refine me and 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 so it, he's been refining me for the last 10 years and he's been uh, pouring his goodness and his love into me and and you know I fall short daily you know and and I and and he still just pours his love out and he he still opens up amazing doors and um you know there's nothing that I can do to like ruin that for him he just loves me that much not to say I'm going to go do some stuff I shouldn't do but you know I he loves me as flawed yeah. as I am and uh he yeah he's well, refined me this is a question that I like to ask because I think it's okay. a part of a, the normal uh, spiritual growth. Have you had a time, whether in the last ten years or may, maybe you'll you'll say that your uh, experience jumping out of a window was that time? But have you had a time when God felt far away, or sent you know when you just felt like He was not there for you, or He was not, um, or you were upset or distant from him? Well, I think because of the whole process of me getting better and uh, healing and getting off all the pain medication, which, you know, that's his grace and his glory. Um, you know, I never took it as I felt far away from him because of him. Mm-hmm. I felt like there's many times where I drifted from him. So sure. there was a, there was a point um, about five years. So I was still drinking, like there was still stuff that had to be you know, taking care of within me. And there was an event that took place where I could have lost my job. I could have lost my girlfriend at the time who eventually became my wife. Um, I put a lot of people in harm's way. Um, and, and I, I, um, and I was drinking heavily at the time. And, um, you know, I, I sat down there with the Lord in, in my situation. I said, you know, Lord, I deserve to lose a lot. And I, I deserve um, the repercussions of my choices, but if you help me, um, I will do this. I will leave my job, move to Southern California. Um, my wife had just graduated from North, uh, San Jose state in Northern California. I will marry, I will marry Alyssa and I will quit drinking forever. And drinking was something I struggled with. And drinking is something I constantly prayed about. I said, Lord, you have to take this from me. I'm not strong enough to take it from myself. I'm, I'm weak in that, that area. And, um, and he took care of me, you know. Um, but I'm the one that drifted away from him. But the crazy thing is that as far as I drifted away from him in that moment, he pulled me back and flipped it to something absolutely completely amazing again, right? Like as if saving my life wasn't good enough or rebuilding my back wasn't good enough. Cause I'm, I'm a, a bratty kid. I'm one of his bratty kids, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> I like you know, that. And, and, and so, you know, I'm, I look at my little son and how he's always like, he'll be crying and reaching his arms up to me for like absolutely no reason. Or just cause he wants my attention. You know, it's like my son does to me what I do to God. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. Oh, just, just hold me, just hold me, you know? And, um, you know, it, so I never felt like he left me after that. I, I always mm-hmm. felt like if there was any separation, that was me, yeah. right? That was me because I unplugged from the source and, uh, uh, but he would never leave me or forsake me. And I knew that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, that's interesting. So this is why I was interested in your answer to that question, because mm-hmm. that is, you know, like a dark night of the soul time period is 
can be a regular part of um, the spiritual journey. But I find right. that very often people who have a experience like you had, especially with mm-hmm. with God speaking to you and you kind of watching this all unfold and and come yourself come back and His promise would come true, right? Um, that engenders a certain level of trust at a at a level that that you oh, yeah. just didn't that you wouldn't have had probably before. And um, right. sometimes the dark night of the soul functions in that way. And so mm-hmm. um, I like to ask it because I think it's an important part of the spiritual journey that, you know, friends, if you're out there and you're going through it, it is, you need to know that and just keep praying. He'll, he'll bring you out. But um, this, uh, but anyway, I, I wanted to know what your experience was. So thanks for sharing that. Well, That's good. No, for sure. You know, and, and I just want to add something on top of that, Eric is like, you know, I babbled what they called manic, Bi- bipolar disorder or something sure. of the sorts and, and depression. Right. But here's the deal. The more I drew closer to him, like all that stuff went away. Like what clinically I was considered, um, you know, all that stuff was stripped away. Like, you know, I was a, a angry, hurt, lost individual with a lot of issues and questions, but once God started answering all that, like all that other stuff went away. And then with the depression, like I haven't been depressed not that I don't get sad. I mean, I have moments of sad, but you know, you, you, it's manageable stuff, but like, I haven't been depressed either. It's just like he's lifted. And I think it goes back to what you're saying about like trust. You know, I trust that he's got everything under control and I, I trust that he has my life um, taken care of. Right. I don't have to worry about much. It's, it's all in his hands. So, um, you know, people do struggle with those things. And I think that sometimes it's a, it could be a trust issue with the Lord you know, just pouring enough trust into him to know that everything's going to be okay so that you don't have to worry about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I would never suggest that those things are, those kind of outcomes are going to be guaranteed, right? Right, um, right, 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 right. everybody's experience with God is going to be, it's going to be different. And he yeah. chooses sometimes to yeah. deliver us and sometimes not. And we have to just go right, with that. Right. But, um, yeah, interesting. Okay, well... I'm really encouraged by your story, Rob. I think that's, uh, it sounds like God has done some really uh, great work in you um, to kind of bring you along to maturity, which I think is great. Yes. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Uh, God is good, baby. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and I that's don't, great. Right. I don't, you know, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to, to share with the audience. And I thank you very very much, Eric. Yeah, thanks. Where can people get in touch with you if they wanted to? Um, so I have a new website. I just kind of created it when all this started to come to fruition. It's uh, robdeckerspeaks.com. And my email is rob at robdeckerspeaks.com. This is where people can email me. Um, on the webpage, you'll be able to click on my social media, my Instagram, my, my Facebook. Um, I always use that stuff to be encouraging and thought-provoking and, and uh, you know I share you know my fitness and my family and and nutrition and you know this is and, and the love of God you know it, it's all it's all there so those are definitely the avenues that you can check out it is still under construction a little bit so you're not gonna have a lot of material but sure. the more I have these opportunities to, to do this stuff I'm gonna be able to put all those links on there for people to um, listen to because the truth is is it's my story is my story and the really cool thing about the podcast and the host like 
people tend to pull different things and ask different questions. So we get to take different avenues um, to get to that place. And so um, mm -hmm. that's always encouraging for me because, you know, I, I don't want it to be redundant. Um, and I, I appreciate the, the, uh, the honest questions that, yeah. that you throw out there. Yeah. Right? Thanks. Yeah, that's awesome. So robdeckerspeaks.com. I'll have links to that once again in the show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com. So you guys can go check that out. If you want to get in touch with Rob or find his Facebook, you can do that. Rob, thanks so much for sharing your story and being with us at Halfway There. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah.